the new way of thinking about sales is number one, accepting that, you know, we're, the reasons why we're going to you is not because I'm suffering a wound and I need a bandaid to fix this, but rather that the reason why I'm agreeing to go with you is because you are going to help me get somewhere greater and better than ever before. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Kim Orleski with us, and she's going to be talking about seeking success in the modern sales world. Welcome to the show, Kim. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Well, and we're excited to have you. Uh, Kim is a leading sales coach, three-time author, international speaker, and podcast host. She's the president of KO Advantage Group, the fastest growing sales training company focused on high-value B2B services. So Kim, uh, I, I guess why don't we jump into some questions here and, and uh, get, you, get you talking about your areas that you, that you know so much about here. Three books, that's, a, that's a really impressive, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is I think uh, a lot of people in their life want to write a book and it has one of the most painstaking processes that are out there you will literally like be covered up you'll never see the light of day and then you'll finish the book you're like oh my goodness it's so done and then probably about 48 hours later you're like huh I should write another book. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so, like addictive stuff. I've, I've managed to avoid it this far, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I do believe everyone has a story to tell and there is a lot of great things. And, you, I, and even if you have, there's books out there, I mean, nobody really needs another sales book. Um, and yet there, here I go releasing another sales book this year. Uh, it was officially launched uh, September and it's been unbelievable how many people have come back to me and to Told me that it is probably one of their favorite sales books of all time, which my no heart kidding. goes out to um, because I really did try to put as many stories and applications behind it. I think too many business books have gone away from the storytelling and more about the facts and mm -hmm. the to-do lists. And I wanted to, to create a nice balance between both. Awesome. Well, it, you were able to build a successful career in sales um, by working at many different companies from your from your resume here uh what what traits do you, do you have that helped you succeed at all, in all these diverse environments over this time yeah you know there's something to be said about working for one company and learning all about their product services the clients and the way we communicate with them but the other thing and the reason why I believe I was so successful when I did go from one company to another was this ability to be genuinely curious all over again and you know I mean whether we call this you know beginner's luck type of thing you know you're brand new to a role you don't quite know the product and service and you're still able to have success with having these large transactions and clients end up buying from you that all stems from the ability of being okay with not knowing all of the answers and at the same time 
asking a lot. Like, how would this impact you? What are the things that you want to see? Uh, where do you want to be in six months time? And how would, you know, collaborating with us and working with us in a partnership facilitate and allow you to get to that next level more efficiently, easier, you know, with greater ability to create more revenue for your own company. And so when it came to success in any of those roles, I mean, you know, remind yourself whether you are in a tenured position, you've been in your company for a long time, or you're brand new to sales, remember the reasons why we loved our job, which was, I love to get to know my client. I love to understand more about them. And if there's anything that you want to leave at the door, it's all of the assumptions that you know all the answers. And just go back to the idea of being genuinely curious about your clients. Yeah, I think uh, curiosity is such an important uh, characteristic of a, of a great salesperson. And I think to me, it's because um, I feel like people that are curious, it just ingrained in their personality, they ask more questions, they listen better. It's, it's, uh, it, it, and, that, and that all kind of makes sense when you zoom out. So it's, it's important for salespeople to be curious. I think, I think everyone's got like a curious child in them, but like if you really... It's almost like you want to trick your own brain into thinking your customers are the most interesting, fascinating thing to study in the world. And, and you just want to learn everything about them. And, and how yeah. would you do that? You would ask them questions and you'd listen to those questions and you'd memorize their answers or write them down better yet. Yes. But, uh, I, have, I have a toddler and he's in this why phase, right? Why? Why? Mm -hmm. and, and it reminds me every day that, you know, when he asks me why, I have to sort these answers and mm -hmm. we don't ask our clients why enough, like, you know, mm -hmm. not just, you know, where do you want to be? And they tell you and like, okay, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm satisfied with that answer, but it's like, well, why do you want that? Why is that important? Why, why will that help you further? And why is such a great question and we need to embrace it more. Absolutely. Um, so you began to realize your passion for helping others in sales after taking time off to travel. Is, uh, could you tell me a little bit about that? Do you recommend that, that, that taking time away from sales is something that reps should all do if they have the means, if they, to avoid feeling burnt out or to, to, uh, to shift their career in a different direction? What, what do you think about that? Yeah regardless whether you are in sales or not, I think everyone should take time to travel. I think everybody should, you know, at some point, you know, front load a portion of your retirement early on in your life. It opens up your empathy. It opens up your ability to be creative and look at situations in a completely different lens because the way we do things here in North America is not the same way they do them in Europe or South America or Asia. And when you're in those new environments and you think to yourself, you're look at how like that becomes commonplace and how can we move that over? I, when I was traveling around the world, I remember going to India and there was this uh, anniversary party, wedding anniversary party. And I'm there with a few, um, I was there in a tour group. And so a few myself and a couple of the other tour mates, we said, Oh, we're going to crash this party. Like we think we're being so funny. We're going to crash the party. And the tour guide was like, no, do it. Like go and do it. And we're like, Oh no, no, we couldn't, we couldn't like we're this is very North American. Like you can't crash somebody's party. Like that's, that's just unheard of. And he's like, no, please do. And so we're like, okay, well, you know, we hung around on the back and it was amazing how the, the guests came up, um, the people that were hosting the party, they came up to us and they're like, 
thank you so much for, for celebrating in this wonderful thing. Like we want to have you as the guests of honor now. And this idea of, you know, this gratitude that when we celebrate things, more people is better as opposed to, you know, we're, we're having a celebration with only exclusive company was so foreign to us. Like it, it is and it isn't. And I thought when I walked away from just like, I mean, we're, I'm just pulling out one experience out of the many experiences I have. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself, I'm like, why aren't we having experiences like that? Like when I, when I'm hosting a client party, when I am hosting um, something, why am I, I mean, there's the time and a place for exclusivity, but why wouldn't I allow somebody who is genuinely curious or just wants to like, you know, be a part of it, say, please welcome and embrace this because people are not there to be malicious to attend your party, but rather they want to also experience the uplifting feeling of being a part of something greater than ourselves. So, I mean, that's one example, but yes, everybody, you should travel, you should get out there, you should go to someplace new every single time you're on vacation and do not allow the places that you go to be, well, I'm gonna go back to the Caribbean right? Cross an ocean, right? Even if you only have, uh, you know, a week at a time, that was the other thing that I, I took away was I always thought to myself, well, I'll go to Europe or I'll go to Asia when I have, like, I can afford to take off three weeks of vacation because I have to fly that far away. No, just do it. Uh, you will still have a wonderful week for a vacation and it will be more impactful on your life than a, yet another all-inclusive on a holiday beach. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I've actually, for, for, I don't know, a decade of my career, I was really kind of, I didn't get to travel a ton because I was working a lot. For the last few years, um, well, I guess I'm still working a lot, but, <laughs> but fortunately. Uh, the uh, entrepreneurial dream, more work, less more work. pay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but the travel has gone way up in the last couple of years as, as yes. Badger, Badger Maps has grown. You know, I've gotten to... Uh, you know, we've got European offices now and Asian offices. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I probably go to Europe for three weeks at a time, three times a year just to visit with that team. And, and it's really been super eye-opening and, and, and exciting and fun and you make, you know, expands your mind and, and Asia too. I'm about to go there for three weeks. Um, we, we have a team in the Philippines and somebody go there. Um, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I think that people under, underweight how important that is to their development. What, what other tips do you have for reps that are feeling burnt out? Um, like this, other than, other than travel, what else, what else do you think are, a, I feel like so many people are burnt and, and, you know, kind of, kind of dragging their ass and, and I don't know why that is, but it's, uh, it seems like a, a more stressful, harder world in the modern world today. Well, I, so, I mean, when I, one of the reasons why I did go traveling was because I was having that feeling. I was burnt. Like, I just felt like I'm like, is this my life? Like, is this the exhaustion that I'm going to live? And I remember like, you know, picturing my name on a post post-it note as the HR committee was determining where my accession, succession planning was going to go to. And I was just like, I'm like, I don't even know if this is really what I want to do. And when I went and traveled, um, I mean, there's, there's two things that, that I definitely recommend, but the reason why I think a lot of people are burnt out is because our expectations are far greater than reality. And we are constantly feeling like we need to be that further ahead. And when, then when I get there, I will be happy. And we're just, we're, it's this ongoing push 
between I'm not there yet, so I need to continue working because then when I'm there, I'm happy, only to get to that point where you're like, you're not really happy. Like you can talk to some successful people and you can ask them like, you know, what do you regret most in your life? And they're like, I didn't spend enough time with my family. I didn't spend enough time just enjoying the moment I was in, like celebrating the successes that I was in. And so if you go back and you realize that, you know, part of your, your happiness or the things that you're allowed to celebrate are because, you know, when you have these expectations, I invite you to say, you know, what can you celebrate right now? What can you provide gratitude right now? So, so number one, I mean, you know, provide the gratitude for the things that you want and, and do it in a way that is meaningful to you. For myself, I mean, I love champagne, right? I love the, the experience of popping a bottle and, you know, and pouring the bubbles and, you know, experiencing this. And so I will, I actually keep a bottle of champagne in my fridge and I will put a date on there and like, you know, it must use by within three months. Because mm -hmm. if I can't find something within three months to celebrate and to be grateful for, why am I living life? And so it will, so whether it is that, you know, I, I close a really big deal or an account that I've really wanted, or maybe it is, you know what, I haven't opened anything and like, you know, I haven't done anything that I felt was celebratory within three months. I need to re like, you know, recognize how far we've come. Um, the other thing is, you know, meditation, you guys, like it is, you've, you've probably heard it. And if you, if you're on the fence about finding the time or like, I'd love to meditate when I find the time. I challenge you to do the opposite. You will find the time when you meditate. It's like working out, right? You're like, the, the, the days you miss out your workout are the ones that you need it the most. And the days you try to skip out on taking a moment to just self-reflect and be like, what am I feeling in this moment? And, you know, I am just right here. And like in this particular moment is the only thing I have control over you give that, you, you bring weight back to where you are and it doesn't take a long time, three minutes, five minutes, but the more you practice it, because it is a skill, the more you practice it, the better you become at it. And you're going to have that monkey brain for, you know, the first probably month or so, and it's going to sound like screaming at you. And eventually the screaming will stop because it's not that you want to resist it. You just say, I recognize that you are a concern. I recognize that you are a fear. I recognize that uh, you are something that you want me to address. And when, you know, you're, you're there because you are wanting my best interests and I get it. I am okay right now. And it will eventually say, okay, I just want to, I just want to be here, heard is what like the low voice will say. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, gratitude, meditation and, uh, and bring yourself back to holistic. Awesome advice. Um, what, what would you say the most common challenges are for the reps that you coach? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there, there's a couple I would say, right. It's number one, uh, the biggest challenge for the people that have been in sales for a really long time is that there's nothing new you can teach me. And uh, I want to call BS on this like so quickly because that automatically puts you in a mindset that I know everything there is to know in the world. And I, I promise you, even people like Aristotle and Plato uh, were probably constantly going back and being genuinely curious and thinking to themselves, what more can I learn from this experience? What more can I learn? What more can I learn? And if you're going in and shutting your mind off to somebody 
who genuinely wants to help you, genuinely wants to see you do better, um, and you're shutting your mind off to that, you're doing your clients a disservice. Because you're not, if you're closed off to somebody who wants to help you, and then yet you're going to go around and say, well, but I genuinely want to help my clients. I mean, you know, like attracts like. And if that's, if that's the mindset that you're going to go in, of course, you're going to find clients that are like, well, there's nothing more you can do to help me. So, you know, going back to our immediate point about being genuinely curious, it's not just being genuinely curious about your clients, but being genuinely curious about what are some new ideas? What's a new way of reframing this? Like, and sometimes it's even going back to fundamentals, like some of the best football players in the world uh, we'll go back and say, okay, let's just go back to the fundamentals. I mean, NBA players are, are still practicing dribbling and layups, right? It's because sometimes just going back to the fundamentals and being reminded of that will help you get there. Um, the, uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing, but for anyone else, I mean, it's just, you know, challenge yourself to ask better questions all the time. Uh, if you don't like the answer, ask a better question. And so the idea is, how can I ask better questions? How can I reframe this? How can I ask it even shorter than what it was? Um, well, that's fantastic. The, one of your coaching goals is to help people understand that sales is quote unquote, an ongoing relationship. Could you tell us what you mean by this? Yeah. So, I mean, when we teach our, our sales, uh, our sales cycle, we, we first of all, align it to the buyer's journey. Like where is your buyer in their own thing? Because at the end of the day, there, there's, this is a, at least a two-party relationship, right? You have your seller and you have your buyer and like romantic relationships, right? I mean, you know, they don't just end all of a sudden until we have, you know, exclusively decided that like we don't rush to, to propose to somebody only to get to the altar and be like, okay, this is good we're done right it's you know there's this marriage behind this and the reason why we should ultimately get to that point where we want a client to work with us is because we would love to have them standing on the mountaintops singing our praises it's like you know like this is the impact that they have created for us I mean, we, we know from scientific research, I mean, salesforce.com did a, a study on the probability of a sales cycle closing if it generates from referral first is like an 89%, like 89%, of course, of course you want more referrals, but you need to do all of the work ahead of time in order to be granted that referral. So it is an ongoing relationship. You know, your, your best clients are going to be your current clients are going to be the ones that are going to, to sing your praises. And at the same time, it's the differences between, you know, taking a great sales cycle and turning it sour really fast. I mean, I've had opportunities. I remember I had a, a service provider, they were doing some marketing uh, for me, some, some LinkedIn marketing and everything. And throughout the entire process, like we're having some great conversations, you know, we're, we're understanding it. We're talking about, well, Kim, how would you determine and you know your return on investment and everything we're having these very great conversations we've signed the deal I, I sign up for them for the first month and all of a sudden the entire relationship went really negative really fast and because they they weren't committing to what they had promised to I had asked to, to speak with them they ghosted me and I'm just like okay 
like, you know, it's not about getting the deal. It's about how well do you service your clients? And if, even if you are just responsible for getting the deal signed and then it's being handed on to your, your CSR, your customer relationship person, it, it has, you have to ensure that everybody in the organization is speaking a consistent language and that we are all seeing that from the moment, not just from the contract signing, but to the moment that the person is receiving that service and that ongoing support, support, this is part of that ongoing relationship. And it's going to help make all of the sales, every sale or with every client going forward, much, much easier. So we need to look at it like that. I've heard you talk about uh, how sales reps are stuck in the old paradigm of sales. What, what is the old paradigm and how does, uh, how does this differ from the new sales approach and what, what steps can reps take to, to move towards this new approach and what are the benefits of that? Yeah. So, so the biggest old paradigm is the, well, what's keeping you up at night customer, right? Like, you know, where we're, we're looking at sales as if we are some type of doctor that needs to prescribe somebody and, and diagnose them. I mean, today we live, we live in such an information economy that I like to say that our clients don't have problems anymore. So let's stop focusing on the problems and the challenges. And, and part of my, my big beef is that people are still reading books like the challenger model and using that as, you know, the, the approach that we want to go with our clients or do you suffer from this? Right. And we're, here's you guys, like we are not pharmaceuticals, right? We're not, like, you know, are these some of the problems you have? Do, 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 right? You know, and if you do, go ask your doctor about this, right? Our, our, our clients have, you know, we now live in this idea of Dr. Google and WebMD have allowed our clients to get the information that they have, right? We can Google search whatever questions we have, whatever quote unquote problems we have, and we can find a solution. Therefore, ultimately self-diagnosing ourselves and saying, okay, this is, this is what I need. This is the company that could potentially help me. Let's just see if we can make that fit. And if that's what you're going after, right? Do you suffer from these problems? Yes, I do. I can solve these for you. You are doing yourself a disservice because ultimately, how does that differ from anyone else, right? What is the problem you solve? And then let me solve that for you. The new way of thinking about sales is number one, accepting that, you know, we're, the reasons why we're going to you is not because I'm suffering a wound and I need a bandaid to fix this, but rather that the reason why I'm agreeing to go with you is because you are going to help me get somewhere greater and better than ever before. And, and so, I mean, think about this in romantic relationships. I mean, the reason why we marry our spouse is not because, you know, they, they solve the pain of us being single. Woohoo, I'm so single right? You know, and we, we sit there and we cry and we're like, okay, who can solve this pain for me? Right. But rather we, we meet somebody and we're like, you know what, these are the goals that I have in my life. I want to, I want to drive my career. I want to create a family. I want to go traveling more. I want to, you know, be something right. And you meet somebody and you're like, I have these dreams too. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm so glad that you have those dreams because I can help you get there, you know, faster with more fun and more, you know, more ability and everything else like that. Um, our clients are no different, right? And so number one, focus on what your client's goals and aspirations are. What, what are their ambitions? What do they want to do? The problem ultimately becomes, well, here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. How do I bridge 
this conversation all the way through. And I mean, sometimes I'll use the analogy of, you know, Delta vacations, right? You know, selling an airline flight, you know, it's not that they're trying to say, you know, um, do you hate being in New York in the middle of winter? And you're like, yes, I do. Awesome. Grab a flight, right? That That's not enough. It's, you know what, where do you want to be if you didn't have to be in New York in the middle of February? And you would say, oh, I don't know. I, I would want to be on a beautiful beach. Like, I, let's, I don't, Puerto Rico maybe. And you're like, awesome. Okay. Like, you know, so if you want to be in Puerto Rico, what does that look like? What does that feel like? You know, right now you're here. So let us help you together get you here. And I mean, there, there's more to it than that. But at the end of the day, focus your clients on where they will be after they are finished working with you, not what is the problem that you solve? Let me fix it for you. Yeah. Getting, getting a, a, a prospect to kind of communicate what they, where they want to go, what their goals are, uh, you know, it kind of, it almost skips the discussion around the, the pain and the problem. And it, cause it's like they, of course, they, it kind of acknowledges that there's a pain. Like, what maybe the pain is I'd like to grow my business more, or I'd like to. But it's of course you would, right? That's the pain. But it's well, if you can get them to focus on, well, what would you? Where would you like your business to be? Where would you like this to have, to to land? You know, that, yeah. that's it's powerful what you're saying. It, well, it is. Right? I mean, here's the reality, you guys, is that the, the chances of a sales cycle, right? Not every sales cycle, but the chances of a sales cycle going south, right? You know, where somebody was really excited and then they're go, 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 go. And whoa, right? Like, you know, something has changed in my business and I can't go forward. When, when you understand and one of the first questions you should ask your client early on in the discussion and reiterate it multiple times is what are your goals? Like, where do you want to be? Because in the event a sales cycle does go south, the first thing you want to go to is, well, is this still your goal? Yes, it is. Okay, great. Because the reasons why we were working on that was to get you to that goal. Whereas if you're too much focused on the pain, you know, and the, the deal goes south, where do you go from there? Is this still your pain? Well, I don't really know. Or we have another pain or we have something even more important than that, right? By focusing on something greater than the immediate need, you can still bring yourself back to the focus that you need to get to makes a ton of sense. Really cool framework. Um, in, in your book, Sell More Faster, you talk about how prospects today want more and they want it faster. How, how can salespeople succeed with the modern buyer? Yeah. And so, I mean, this, this completely goes back to being goal alignment with the client, right? I mean, when we understand where somebody wants to be and not just where they want to be, but why, why is that important? Why do you want that? Who will you become when you're there? Right. The, the goal is, I mean, going back to like, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy, right? Where we get this like level of self-actualization when we've achieved all of our needs, then we're able to go into higher levels. Our clients are no different. And it's not that we just, we need to just have our basic needs associated, but we need to be able to become something greater because we've achieved that, which then allows us to go to a new level and a new level. So, I mean, when it comes to, to sales, right? I mean, you know, understand where, where the journey is that we're taking our clients. What is that ultimate goal on how we're going to work with them? And then we, we, once we have the end in mind, the intention in place, we start to work backwards and start to figure, okay, what are the questions that we need to ask in order to get the client to be in agreement with us? 
that this is how we're going to help them. This is how they, our connection, our collaboration together is going to get them to a greater level of success. This allows this not, uh, I mean, too many sales, and I, I was raised this way in my sales experience, was this adversarial type of conversation. It's like, well, you know, if, if you know, someone's always going to win, right? I think they said this in the movie, The Boiler Room, right? It was like, you know, there's only, there's going to be someone who's going to sell, right? You're either going to sell the client or the client's going to sell you on why they're not going to go forward. And I'm like, no, like this isn't the way we should think about relationships. Like people at the grand scheme of things, these are relationships and people are people. So, I mean, look at this as like, you know, would I, would I approach my friend in the same way? And if you're not going to, then look at it differently. Ask more questions be genuinely curious and then take them down a path and show them how in alignment together that you will achieve more and together we're going to do that faster there's a um a uh african proverb that says you know in order to go fast you must go alone and to in order to go far you must go together and uh, and i really want to do the best of both worlds right you know how do you how are you able to to understand more about your client and at the same time take it further than before that's a great quote um well next i'd like to jump into what i call sales in 60 seconds so short questions short answers um first question What's the biggest setback you had in your sales career and what did you learn from it? Oh, I remember working on this one deal for a really long time and uh, I was convinced they were competitive. I was so convinced that they were going to say yes. And all of a sudden they went and ghosted me. And I was so excited because my VP was coming in. I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to bring in the VP. I'm going to close this massive deal and I'm going to do it in front of them. And you know, this is going to be amazing only to get to the, the, uh, the client's meeting room and we're sitting there and they said, they were so smug and they said, we're actually not going forward with you. We wanted to tell you that in your person. And honestly, I probably saw red in that moment. I was like, I was so angry. I like, wanted to like throw the table, like maybe a chair. I'm like, why are you wasting my time? Um, but you know, I, I look back on that experience and, and I realize that, and this is something I, I teach now, is that I should have seen the red flags earlier on. Right. These are, I mean, the same fundamentals with relationships. When you, when you see who someone is the first time, believe it. And my values were not alignment to what they were. I be believe in honesty, openness, and transparency. That is a fundamental value of mine. And if, if somebody is not being open and honest and transparent with me, don't make excuses for that. You know, just say, you know what, I am going to save myself time. And the first time they show you that, um, you know, either call them on that or, you know, cut your losses and be like, that is going to be a longer sales cycle and a longer struggle in the grand scheme of things than if I try to make something work. What do you think uh, is the most common mistake people make in B2B sales? Oh, not asking enough questions and getting to a point where they just assume, right? After we've been doing it for a really long time, we've seen the problem a hundred times, a thousand times. We can go in and be like, okay, this is what the problem is. This is how you solve it. Boom, boom, boom. We're done. It's, it might be the same conversation you've had literally thousands of times, but for your client, it's the very first time they've been down this road. 
So ensure that you are standing with your client and being a really good tour guide with them. You know, point out some things that they need to take notice of and then allow them to come back to you and ask for questions. Don't just try to like race to the gift shop, hand them a map and say, listen, circle the areas that you have questions on. I'll be at the gift shop waiting for you and I'm happy to answer them all at that point. This is a journey together with somebody, not just a race to the end. What would you say the biggest myths around coaching or the biggest limitations that coaching has for, for field salespeople? It, I think the biggest thing is that they spend too much time focusing on the salesperson and not enough time focusing on the buyer. And I speak of this from, from my own personal experience. I mean, every company, I mean, I was working for American Express and Xerox and a few other companies. And every year we would bring in a brand new sales trainer and the sales trainer would sit there and talk to us all about what do you do as a salesperson, 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 salesperson. And never once did we start to take it, uh, take it from the aspect of, well, what What's the buyer probably thinking at this point, right? What do they expect to see, right? What are they feeling in this moment? I mean, emotions are the biggest drivers to decisions. Like, you know, people will buy on emotion and then justify with logic, even in B2B sales, right? Log businesses should be logical and rational, but behind every individual, there's an illogical, irrational person driving that, that beast. And if you don't believe this, just watch the stock market and some of the crazy valuations some of these companies are trying to hide. <laughs> right? I'm like, why? Like they're losing money. Like why? Um, but you know, they're, they're irrational and illogical. But when you, when you focus on the emotion, it helps out so much more. So, you know, figure out where is my buyer? What are they feeling? What are they fearful of? What are their goals and ambitions? And then tie yourself into that emotional conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only uh, focusing on the salesperson, not the customer, I'd also say so much coaching focuses on the product or service that the oh. company wants the salesperson to sell. Um, you know, you know, you, you, so many times I'll see a, a salesperson who had a month of training on the speeds and feeds of their, of their solution. But uh, you know, they could tell you every, every ounce of every detail, but they haven't been trained on, on their customer. And so that's, that's really something that I, I try to impress upon any, any new rep that comes onto our teams. I, I want them to understand, you know, uh, you know, what, what is our customer? What is their boss? Who, what do they care about? Who, how does this part of the or their organization or team work? Like really understanding who they are, what their problems are, what, why they, why they need what we do. And, and I feel like every, no, no one, no one gives that enough. They, there's too much focus on the product and it is, it is. And you know, and it, it, you bring it back to simplicity, right? So I, I kind of talked about it for a second here, but the destination transportation, right? I mean, Delta tries to get you to, to buy, you know, uh, you know, get on this plane, right? And they're like, okay, here's where you are right now. And this is why it sucks, right? It is winter, it, it is cold, you know, there is ice crystals forming on your eyelashes as you're trying to get to your, your subway. And then in the next scene, they show you this beautiful beach and everything. And, and I tell these, this question from stage and I say, okay, and then what does, what does Delta sell you guys? And it never fails. Everyone throws up their hand. They're like experience, happiness, um, you know, uh, vacations and everything. I said, you guys are all wrong. Like Delta literally sells a seat on a plane. And I said, then they don't even sell you that. They actually rent it to you for six hours, right? I'm like, but if they focused on the product, right? You know, what it was like to be like cattle called onto a plane and try to stuff your bang, bag into an overhead bin and have to be squished in this little seat. I said, nobody would fly airline travel, 
right? Because the product itself sucks, unless you're flying first class and then you're like, okay, it's still nice. But even then it still sucks because you're like, you have this time that you're, you're wasting on this plane. So I'm like, stop focusing on the product. Focus on the sale after the sale, the beach vacation. Because the reality is Delta doesn't care, right? Like they get you, they get you onto a plane and then they drop you off at whatever, you know, Cancun airport or whatever you are. And then they're wiping their hands clean. But the reason why you buy is because of what happens after you get off that plane, which is to get to the, the, the beach, right? That last mile all the way there. And that is what we need to focus on is what happens after we're completely finished it. The reality is, is, I mean, if we were all focused on airline travel, I mean, United, the United story would be completely different, yet they're still in the sky. Right? <laughs> and so, you know, it, people will suffer a lot of pain to get through the product, but don't focus on the product, focus on the end destination. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic advice and, and a great analogy. Um, so what is your favorite coaching story? Oh, my favorite coaching story. Okay. So I, I was actually, uh, we do, we do lunch and learns. We do a lot of webinars and everything else. Um, trying to teach as much as we can. Uh, we, we you, if you see it on, if you're watching on video, I have a little sign behind me that says education does not equal application because I do believe that, uh, if you want just sales education, like go read my book, go check out, you know, some of my online content and everything. But the reason why people hire us is because we help them apply these skills. And so there was this opportunity where I was teaching around the, the role emotional intelligence takes in the B2B sales cycle. And, and one of the things I say is, you know, start asking your clients, how do you feel, right? How do you feel about the solution? How do you feel about us working together? And there was this gentleman that threw up his hand uh, and he says, uh, he's like, Kim, he's like, there's no way I can ask that question. He's like, I am an engineer. Engineers don't have feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fair enough. And I said, well, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I, I invite you to try it out. I said, I promise if you ask somebody how they're feeling and you know, it, it's not going to ruin a relationship. Right. And so he's like, well, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And so I'm, I'm driving on my way home and I ended up getting a call from the same gentleman. And he says, listen, Kim, I finally tried out that. How are you feeling? He's like, I asked a client how they felt about the proposal that I had shown them earlier that week. And I said, uh-huh. What happened? He goes, well, they ended up taking a pause and they said, you know what? We actually felt really good about that. Why don't we move forward? And he goes, and all of a sudden I got the deal. And I was like, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, that's amazing. Congratulations. So we hang up the phone and not even 20 minutes later, he calls me back and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, maybe the client got buyer's remorse or something. Right. And I said, what's going on? And he goes, well, I'm an engineer. So I don't just try things once. I had to try it a second time to make sure that it actually worked. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, well, I asked another client how they felt about our meeting and would they be, you know, would they feel good about having another one? And I said, okay. And what did they say? They said, they agreed. And he goes, I, I honestly thought this was like a three out of 10 and never getting the deal. I said, now I have, I feel more confident. I feel like it's going to be a seven or eight. He's, you know, he's like, what you've just taught me was like magic or something. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I, that was probably one of my best coaching stories. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a great one. Um, so as an actionable takeaway for, for the field sales people listening today, uh, what would you say is the first step? they should take to become a modern salesperson? 
I, I mean, ask a lot of questions, right? Find, figure out what are the, so I, I mean, first things first is really understand your client more. I don't think we're spending enough time understanding who our client is asking ourselves, if I'm standing in this person's shoes, what are the things that I'm concerned about? Where, where do I want to be? Because here's the reality, your client, right? Outside of the business, right? But like, you know, procurement director is not like, honestly, their goal is not to save the company money. Like that is not their goal in life, right? Their goal in life is to take their family on vacation, which will then happen when they're able to hit their bonus, which will then happen because they're able to save their company money. Focus them on that, stand in their shoes and ask them, ask yourself if I was this person, what would I want in my life? Not, you know, what do I want specifically in this role? And then through that, start asking your questions and reframing your questions. Uh, our first goal or our first value in our company at KO Advantage Group is a Zig Ziglar quote, which is you can have everything you want in life when you help enough people get what they want. <laughs> what people want is not just to be a really good employee for their company. They want more than that. And they will do that because they were a really good employee in their company. Fantastic. Well, um, tell me, Kim, where, where can our listeners read more about your work that you've done? How do they reach out to you? Um, get, give me the details on, on what you do. Yeah. So my, my latest book is called Sell More Faster. It is available on Amazon and wherever else you may buy your books. Um, you can also check me out on LinkedIn. I am one of LinkedIn's top influencers to follow. Uh, I would love to see you connect with me on that. I'm always releasing a lot of great content and we're doing our very best to just educate you uh, for no cost. And then when your teams are ready to apply the KO Sales U methodology, you can help connect us further. All right. I'm going to try to do a quick summary of everything you've said here today. So first of all, Kim recommends taking time to travel to open up your perspectives as a salesperson. Give yourself time to experience different cultures to build your curiosity. So curiosity is so important in sales. And many people in sales feel burnt out because their expectations are far beyond reality. You, you can avoid feeling burnt out by, by finding something grateful, finding something to be really grateful for uh, as frequently as you can, at least every few months, and, and celebrate, celebrate the wins, celebrate the small wins, celebrate the big wins, but, uh, but take time to, to really appreciate that. Also, meditation can be really powerful, so set, set time aside to really relax your mind. It's important for salespeople to be genuinely curious. Don't assume you know all the answers. It's important to be continuously curious about your clients as you develop your relationship with them over time. Remember to ask your clients why. Why is that important? Why, why will this help you more? Also, challenge yourself to ask better questions and ask questions in a better way. We live in such an information economy that our, our clients don't have quote-unquote problems anymore. That they... Clients can Google search any problem that they have and find the solution. So instead of focusing on their problem, focus on your client's goals and aspirations and focus on where your product prospects will be after they work with you and how you can help them reach their goals. So reframing your, your sales pitch in that way will, will help a lot. Work to understand where a customer wants to be and why they want to be there. This will help you understand what your client wants 
and understand the journey that you should take them on. Overall, this allows for better communication and collaboration between salespeople and their customers. Well, this has been a fantastic episode of Outside Sales Talk. Uh, Kim, I, I can't thank you enough for coming. If any of our listeners can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from learning the skills that Kim taught them today, share the love and forward this on to them. Uh, take care until next time, guys.